Okay. Then the last thing to understand and to know, if you really want to understand the scriptures, is that you must have a gymnastic exercise. Now, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Hebrews 5, 12. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. That is where we began this discussion. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. Verse 13. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. 14. But strong meat belongeth unto them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, so... <clears throat> Verse 14 says that those who but strong meat, so those who, who deserve strong meat, the deeper deeper things to study deeper things, they are those who by reason of use have their senses, your senses. So, beloved, studying the word of God is not a small job. Let's take the things you are even doing in academic work. It is not an easy thing to sit down and write, to read people's work. To read a lot of things and sit down and put most of the things in your own words. Sometimes you ask yourself, where did these things come from? So all these things were in me. But beloved, you sat down. There was diligence. It took diligence. Bible said, I see it that a man diligent in his, in, his, in, in his gift. He shall appear before great men, not mean men. See it thou a man diligent in his works. So diligence is what calls for. To study the word of God, it calls for diligence. Exercising. Beloved, when you go to the gym, you don't go stand there and begin to laugh. You go to work out. It's the same way when you open the scriptures and you want to study it. It calls for a gymnastic exercise. Discipline. Discipline. You must exercise your senses to understand the scriptures. The five senses, sense of touch, sense of sight, all those ones. Now, 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, as an adapt to this. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8. Now, but refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. You see? Now, refuse profane. Exercise thyself, rather. I've told you, God's life in manifestation. You have to exercise yourself onto that. Exercise. For bodily exercise, you see, going to the gym. Bodily exercise profited little. It profits little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. So you see, bodily exercise profits nothing, but we must... Be keen to exercise our senses towards the study of the word of God. Now, add chapter 5, verse 17. 1 Timothy 5, 17. Look at what is there. Now, it said, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and in doctrine. So, beloved, the word of God is a labor. You have to labor in it. To know one, two, three and add A, B, C together, it is a labor, it's a work. So you say that, let the elders 
who do well, who rule well, be counted worthy of a double honor, especially, you see, those who labor in the word and in doctrine. See, doctrine, the word is the daskalia, teachings. So those who labor in the word and those who come out to certain teaching, those people, they should be counted of worthy of double honor. Beloved, it's not an easy thing, but it is easy through the help of the Holy Ghost in us. Because the word was given by him. So when we employ him, when we ask him, when we consult him, he is going to do unto us as his word has said. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now, well, let's look at the methods of studying the scriptures so that your questions will come. Methods. <clears throat> now, The rabbis, that is, the Jewish teachers of the law, they use four methods in interpreting the scriptures or in studying the scriptures. Now, all these four methods are necessary and important. And we will go through them. But you see, these four methods can be summarized into two methods. That is the first and the second. So, the first one that they used in interpreting the scriptures is the word Peshat. P-E-S-H-A-T. Peshat. P-E-S-H-A-T. Which means literal. Literal interpretation. Beloved, when you open the Bible, what you see in the Bible there are some of the items and some of the elements in the scriptures. You have to take them as they are. Jesus wept. He wept. Don't add any thing to it. Jesus went from Capernaum to Jerusalem. It is a literal thing. You see? So you can understand it literally. As it is written. As you see it. You have to go by it as it is. But you see, you must understand that not all the elements and not all the words, not all the scriptures can be interpreted literally. So that leads us to the second one they used. We call it remez. R-E-M-E-Z. R-E-M-E-Z. Remez or remez. And that one has to do with allegorical interpretation. Allegory using figures of speech and figures and images, typologies, types, to interpret the scriptures. How do I know? Now, come to Galatians 4, verse 21 and 27. Galatians 4, 21 to 27. Galatians 4, verse 21 to 27. Now, beloved, look. <clears throat> Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? You, if you desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by the bondmaid and the other by the free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by the promise. Okay. So, 
kick. Don't worry. 24. Which things are an allegory? Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants. The one from the Mount Sinai, which, which gendered to bondage, which is Agar. 25. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answered to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren, that bearest not, 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 break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for the desolate had many more children than she which had an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. We will talk about this one day. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bond woman and her son. For the son of the bond woman shall not be the heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bond woman, but of the free. This is an allegory. He is comparing two things. He is trying to contrast two things. But you see, it is written in the scriptures. You don't take it as literal. When you go to Genesis, and then you begin to see Isaac and Ishmael being born to Abraham, you don't take it as, oh, okay, Isaac was born to Abraham, so it's like that. But when you come here in Galatians, you know that those two things were two covenants. You see, one gendered to bondage, one to free. And we are not of the one to bondage, because as Isaac is, so are we of promise. So to understand some of these things, you have to use allegory to do it. For instance, Revelation 1 verse 20. In Revelation 1 20, you also see similar thing there. Revelation 1 verse 20. Where are you? Now, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches. So you see, Jesus, through the inspiration of the Spirit, was speaking to John and was telling him a lot of things concerning the things that are to come. Then he comes and tells him that the seven stars you are seeing and the seven lampstands you are seeing, they represent one, the churches, and two, they also represent the angels of the churches. So when you start reading Revelation 1 verse 1 coming, you don't just take it literally, oh, they are lampstands, so let me, let me just go on. But you come to the latter part and you see that what the Bible was saying is that these things I was saying, they are a type, they are a figure being used to represent something. In as, in, the, in as much as in Galatians, we see two covenants being represented by Isaac and Ishmael. The same thing was happening there. So in, in reading the Bible, you have to look out for some of these petty, petty things. You look out for some of these petty, petty things. Okay. Now, the next one is the word dresh, but it is spelled D-R-A-A-S-H. I don't know if you call it dresh, but they call it dresh, which is parabolic parables using parables to understand the scriptures 
you also see in Jesus' day, he used a lot of parables. You see, so the parable, they are stories that were used to, in, to, to convey a message. And they are, you see a lot of them in the scriptures. In the book of Kings, you are going to see one parable like that in the scriptures. Where all the trees came to sing and they were given others. The vine tree, this tree, this tree. See, so parables are also parts. So you can interpret the scriptures based on the parable. You see that Jesus, when he came in chapter 13 of Matthew, he gave seven parables. And if you read the seven parables, there were some he spoke in the house, there were some he spoke at the, at the seashore, and there are reasons for all of that. You see, so you can use that one to, to understand it. This is a method they use to interpret the scriptures. Then the last one they used was the word sword, S-O-D, sword, which is the mystical and the prophetic interpretation of the scriptures. You see, so the mystical or the, and the prophetic interpretation. So you see, as you read the scriptures, there are portions that are prophecies. Some have been fulfilled, some have not been fulfilled. You see, so you see that in the coming of Jesus, in Isaiah, there are a lot of prophecies. So when you read that one, you see it is a prophecy. When was it fulfilled? When will it be fulfilled? If it is not fulfilled, when will it be? If it has been fulfilled, when did it? When was it fulfilled? You see, so these are the means and the methods they use in interpreting the scriptures. Now, when you go online, as I said, you are going to see a lot of methods people talk about. You see, so these are some of them that the Jewish tradition, the Jewish rabbis used to interpret the scriptures. Okay, so beloved, as we conclude, then your questions come in the next session. What I'm saying is that the scriptures, the Bible, they were written for our learning. That we through patience and comfort, that is Romans 15 verse 4, we might have hope. So when you open the Bible, the first thing that must come to your mind is that you must find hope. You must not open the Bible with fear. Number two, you must understand that the Bible as you see it, contains the word of God and that word of God is a spirit and the word being spirit need to be approached by a man who is a spiritual man but for that man to be spiritual that man must be born again and I believe that at, at this by this time we all know what being spiritual and being born again is because it is the word of God that gave birth to you and I. So to be able to contact that word and to understand that word, you need to touch the heart and the spirit of that word. And all scripture that was given to us, they were given for our learning. But we also know that that word of prophecy that came, they came by holy men. It did not come by human ideals. It's not by human ideologies. You don't interpret it by human ideology human philosophies no but it is interpreted by the spirit who gave it now you must also understand that the word of god must be rightly divided we must not mix the scriptures we must not corrupt the word of god but we must rightly divide the word of god so that you will be approved of god now when you read in the bible we must not read to please men we must not study to prove a point to people, but we must be single-eyed and focused on God so that in the end, the re revelation that we come to, 
Paul said, I will come to mysteries and revelations. For I knew a man 14 years ago, whether in the spirit or in the flesh, I know not. But I knew such a man caught up in the third heavens. And he received so much great mysteries, which are not comfortable for the mouth to utter. So the things that he received, he did not receive them to come and please men. So Paul said, if I were pleasing men, then I should be accursed. I should be the least among men. So, when we read the Bible, you must first come to know that the thing you are doing, it should be the will of God. It should be focused on God. That is why I say you should be single-eyed. You should have a single focus. What is the focus? Why are you reading the Bible? Why are you studying it? Are you studying it to prove a point to someone that you know the, the scriptures? So, John Paul said that we are not of those that corrupt the word of God. So, beloved, we need to be diligent. As I said, it is a gymnastic exercise. It is a labor. And those who labor in that word, they should be counted of a double honor. There's a reward for that. And I said that there are methods of interpreting the scriptures. One is peshat, which means literal. The other one is remes, which means allegorical. The third one is parabolic, using the parable. And the next one is sword, which is using the prophetic and the mystical interpretation, mysteries behind it, to decode it. So that when a man goes through all these things and understands these methods, then it can now usher us into the principles of interpreting the scriptures. Because, beloved, you don't just pick the Bible and you are reading. When you pick the Bible to read any subject matter, you must understand why that word was chosen at where it is. That is why I said that. We understand and we know how the words were chosen. We become poets of the word. We become masters of the word. So beloved, this is what we are going to end for today. Then I pick the questions. Then we continue to the laws and principles which must guide us into understanding the scriptures. And that one entails a lot, beloved. It entails a lot and we need a full day to do such a thing.